the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is your host, Bob Bergman, broadcasting from my office here in San Jose in the Cambrian Park area. If you're familiar with that neighborhood of San Jose, it's kind of tucked between Willow Glen and the city of Campbell off of Camden Avenue and Hillsdale on Ross Avenue uh, here in San Jose. Um, I'm going to be uh, following my usual format of the show today, which is to go through a number of questions from around the state of California dealing with estate planning and similar matters, and then my comments on those questions, maybe some analysis, maybe a few answers, a few suggestions. And my hope is that you will come away at the end of our time together today um, a little more knowledgeable about estate planning, a little better educated about maybe some of the issues that arise, and that and if you actually hear something similar to your situation, that you'll be prompted perhaps to contact me to book a call with me through my website at lawbob.com. And uh, I will tell you that, that I am taking calls now. I, I will either call you on the phone at a designated time or we'll have a Zoom meeting or uh, you can even come and meet with me in my office. My office is, has been open for several months now, but now if you come in and you've been vaccinated, I've been vaccinated. Um, my understanding of the current guidelines for my county are we can meet in my office in a small group and we don't have to wear masks anymore if everyone's been vaccinated. So that's, uh, that's the offer that I'm extending to people if they'd like to come in to my office and meet with me in person. If you'd like to call the show today, it's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220, like the uh, call number for KDOW 1220. And uh, without further um, without further exposition, I'll just go ahead and get started with the show today. Uh, here's out of San Juan Capistrano. Someone was asking about a trustee of a trust who made improvements to real estate owned by the trust with his own money prior to settling the trust, meaning prior to distribution. And now this trustee wants to be reimbursed uh, the money spent to make improvements to this property. Um, the, a benef- the beneficiary of the trust is requesting that the amount spent be depreciated 
which means the trustee would be reimbursed less than what was paid. And uh, these uh, renovations and improvements increased the property value, and the appraisal was higher than other properties sold in the in this condo complex. Is the beneficiary correct in requesting the reimbursement be depreciated? I don't see why that would be an appropriate request. If someone uh, paid money out of pocket to make an improvement to uh, property of a trust, then that's I don't think that's really any different than loaning money to the trust. Um, and then the trust should reimburse the person for the full amount of what they paid for those improvements or if the if the person paid money out of pocket for property taxes or insurance or a mortgage payment or anything like that it should be paid back in full it's basically a loan to the trust and it's a debt to be repaid and you don't depreciate a debt um, that's my opinion uh, accountants out there you you may agree with me completely you may disagree with me that's fine I'm not an accountant, but I'm just looking at it from a straight analysis of what is the benefit that is being provided to the trust, and it's the infusion of that money to take care of or do something to improve the trust. So, you know, call it a loan. I think it's basically a loan that's used by the trust, in this case, to make renovations or improvements that increase the value of the property. Uh, I think it should be reimbursed. Okay, my son's stepmother is a mind-controlling freak. Don't you just love that? Okay, she's the one making the decisions of when I get to see my son, when she shouldn't be doing that. I found out she's saying that after she marries my son's father, my son's father, I guess that's ex-spouse here, She's going to have rights over my son. Well, can my son's stepmother have rights over my son after she marries my son's father? Well, in a sense, yes, if the son is a minor and uh, and is living with the father and the stepmother, um, she can have some, I won't call them rights, but have some say in what's going on because she's now... Um, presumably assisting in raising this son if the son is a minor, but saying that um, she gets to make the shots as to whether or not the son can see the actual mother, I don't think that is correct at all. Unless the stepmother uh, becomes a guardian of the son, she really can't dictate that. And if she tries to dictate that, then this mother may need to actually take legal action to make sure that the stepmother cannot interfere with her rights to see her own son or spend time with her own son. Uh, now, that's not really an estate planning question, um, but still, I thought I'd throw my two cents in there. Okay. Um, my father left real estate to me and my brother, my brother quit claimed his interest to me. How can I get title? Well, I assume that um, if the brother quit claimed to uh, this person who's asking the question, that means the brother filed paperwork saying 
he transfers any right title and interest that he had in the property to his brother, who's the person asking the question. Um, If the property was in a trust, well, then the trustee of the trust needs to transfer the title to um, this person. And uh, it was kind of maybe done backwards. It should have been transferred out first and then quit claimed. Um, But still, it's a matter of paperwork by the trustee to clear the title into the name of the person that's actually asking the question. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. Uh, Property under a trust. Let's see here. My dad left my his wife and my brother as the first co-trustees and me as the second trustee with the information we can't sell uh, dad's home as long as his wife wants. But now his wife that is a co-trustee has moved her daughter and granddaughter into the house with her. Is there something I can do? His wife gets a 20% of mouth. Both my brother and I get 40% for selling the home. She's also not allowed the co-trustees access to my father's bank or any other information. She's not allowed us access to the home because she lives there. Well, this starts with what I always tell people. It starts with the actual trust. What is the wife's right to um, live in the home or occupy the home now that the father has died, you have to start with the trust document. She may have the absolute right to be there. She may not have the right, possibly, to move in other people like a daughter and granddaughter. But you have to look at the trust document and start there with the analysis of a question like that. And I don't have that in front of me. Okay, we're coming up on the end of the first segment of our show today. Stay tuned for the second segment of Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, State planning attorney Bob Bergman. Talk with you on the other side of the break. KDOW. KDOW. Streaming now on smart speakers and the Odyssey app. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Well, welcome back. Uh, I am going to continue with more questions and comments, although I will say, if you'd like to call in, it's 800-516-1220, and uh, my engineer is standing by to take your call if you'd like to speak with me on the air. Okay, here's someone, and, and I know that this is probably a fairly common situation when a parent has set up a trust to hold property in trust until a child reaches a a certain age or fulfills some kind of um, landmark um, in, in their lifetime, like graduating from college or something similar. In this case, this is out of Palm Springs. person said, I'm a beneficiary of a living trust in the state of California in which the trustor, that's the creator of the trust, had already passed away a couple of years ago. The terms of the trust specify that among many other beneficiaries, I will receive a sum of money for educational purposes when I turn 25, something that will happen this year. Now, I'll just say as an aside, I'm wondering why age 25 
if it's intended to use for college, you would think it would have been earlier than that, but maybe it's for graduate school. It says, I don't live in the United States, and I don't have any knowledge of U.S. law, even though I come from a family of lawyers in my home country. So here's my questions. What are the steps I need to complete when I turn 25 in order to receive my share? Is it necessary for me to travel to the U.S. at that time? Well, I'd say the first thing is uh, contact the trustee of the trust. Let them know that you're turning 25. Provide proof of that, maybe with a birth certificate if that's what's necessary. Uh, It would really not be necessary to travel to the United States because if it's a sum of money, it's possible to um, to basically wire funds from the United States to an appropriate bank account in another country. So that would not be a problem. Second, do I have to prove to the trustee the money will be used for educational purposes at the time of distribution? Well, I don't know what the trust actually says. The trust may have a requirement. If it just says... Uh, It's intended this money be used for educational purposes. I don't know that there's any way that the trustee could have any control beyond age 25 if you decided to use the money instead to buy yourself a fancy car. Um, Usually, in a case like this, the trustee would retain the funds and use the funds for the educational purposes, but it doesn't sound like that's what this trust is set up to do. Now, here it says the terms specify also the sum of money is outright free of trust and free of death taxes. That would be the federal estate tax. Does this mean I'll receive the total net amount as stated? That's what the intention of a grant like that is. Outright free of trust, free of death tax. What that would mean is if for some reason there would be federal estate tax attributed to this distribution, which, by the way, would have happened already when the trustor died, not when the distribution comes later, that should mean that the person will receive the actual dollar amount indicated. If it said you're getting $50,000, that's $50,000 gross and $50,000 net distribution. No deductions for estate tax. Free of trust means just that. Here's the money. Hold out your hand. I put it in your hand. We're done. You can do whatever you want with the money now. So that's likely what that language would mean. That's how I would interpret it. I think that's how a court would interpret it as well. All right. So here... Let's see. Uh, Okay, I'm the eldest daughter of my deceased father, and due to my misfortune, my mother now has ownership of the home my father worked so very hard to buy. My mother is dysfunctional and is trying to put her greedy sister on the title to prevent my sister and I from ending up with a potential inheritance. My question is, what can be done? I'm not certain if there's a will... But to my knowledge, once my mother passes, I can claim my home since I am kin. I am her daughter. This is an extremely stressful situation because my mother is being influenced by her sister, who's already taken away an inheritance from her in the past. I don't think it's fair that her sister takes the home away from my mom or her daughters. Well, I will tell you right now, that's a really serious situation 
that this person just related asking about this. And the question I would have in my mind is, you say your mother is dysfunctional. What do you mean by that? If you mean you believe that your mother lacks legal capacity, that she is mentally incompetent, not just she's messed up, but mentally incompetent, then it could very well be she may need a conservator appointed by the court to take charge of her and her property, such as this house that she now owns that came from um, the father. Um, If a conservator was appropriate and put in place, then the sister would not be able to influence the now conserved mother to add her on the title or give the property to or something else like that. Short of that, if she has legal capacity, all this person and her sister can do is talk with their mother, um, maybe convince their mother she needs to do an estate plan, maybe uh, convince their mother she needs to do a plan and perhaps have the two daughters as the trustees of, of a trust for the mother, um, still the mother's property, but make it so that she can't just turn around and add her sister to the title easily, uh, but that she'd have to kind of come through her nieces to accomplish something like that. This is a very bad situation, and, and I've seen things like this before. It's not pleasant at all. Not pleasant at all. Okay, here's something. According to some attorneys, community property is property purchased with money earned during the marriage. That is half true. Uh, If it's money earned by a spouse during the marriage that is not money earned from the separate property of a spouse, like rental income from a property they own that's separate from the marriage. Um, So... That would mean if someone is working for a paycheck and they don't have a a written agreement to the contrary, half of the money from that paycheck actually belongs to the other spouse under community property laws. And if money is used from that paycheck to purchase something, that is technically community property as well. So, um, So really kind of a family law question, but at the same time, it's something, an issue that does come up, um, and a lot of people think when they get a paycheck, it's their money. Technically, if you're married, it's not wholly your money. Half of it belongs to your spouse. Okay, we're coming up on the bottom of the hour now. I hope you stay tuned for the second half of our show. You can call in 800-516-1220 if you'd like to talk to me on the air. But uh, after the break, we'll come back for the second half of the show. This is attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll see you on the other side. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. And welcome back. I'm going to continue with more questions and comments from around the state of California. And uh, let's see here. All right. Can I, as administrator of my brother's estate, sell his half-million-dollar house without paying any California 
or federal taxes. I assume they mean income taxes. The original estimated value of the property was court appraised at approximately $500,000 in 1998. Okay. Here's the deal. Um, If it was valued as $500,000 in 1998, that was the value likely fixed for capital gains income tax purposes, and that was in 1998. Last time I checked, that is 23 years ago. Um, The short answer to the question is you could sell... um, Okay, I'm not sure... Did the brother die in 1998? That's what, it's not really clear here. Um, Has the estate been going on for 21 years? That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. The real issue is, what is the value of the property on the date of the brother's death? We'll just approach it that way. Let's assume it was $500,000 and now the property is sold for $500,000, there would be no taxable gain for income tax purposes for both California or federal taxes. But if it was valued at $500,000 the date the brother died, and it's been several years since then, and now it's worth $1.5 million, if it's sold now, the net amount of money received after expenses of sale that is greater than the $500,000 that it was worth when the brother died. That's what's called the cost basis. Well, that difference is subject to capital gains income tax. If it's paid in California, it's ordinary income, uh, pays ordinary, ordinary income tax rates. At the federal level, it's paid out at federal capital gains tax rates. So... Um, But you don't get to go back to what the value was when the person originally died and say, you know, oh, well, um, uh, we can sell it for any value now and we don't owe any uh, taxes. No, it doesn't work that way. If it's worth more than it was then, you're going to be paying some tax. Okay. um, What circumstances would a person need to have if the statute of limitations has run out to contest a will. My grandmother had Alzheimer's and my uncle changed her trust and took me out of it and he also signed the trust as a witness. He put himself in the trust to get the house instead of me. Okay, well, first of all, if grandma had Alzheimer's, she likely did not have the legal ability or capacity to to change her trust. The uncle couldn't change her trust. Um, the grandmother would have to sign any change. Said, uh, my grandmother would never change her trust after my grandpa had passed. House is over a million dollars, and now it's going to my uncle's kids. My dad was my grandparents' oldest son, was killed in Vietnam. Uh, I know if it was checked out, they'd find things are wrong. My uncle took advantage of my grandmother's position. I would ask this question of this person. When did grandma die? When did you find out that her trust had changed? What was her condition at the time the trust was changed? 
Can you prove that she has had Alzheimer's at that time? If those things can be proven, and assuming grandma, uh, given that dad died in Vietnam, grandma was probably a senior citizen um, when she developed Alzheimer's, there may be a basis for challenging the trust as changed if grandma lacked legal capacity. This person would need to consult with an attorney that does estate and trust litigation in order to start an investigation uh, to see whether or not there is evidence that grandma lacked the legal capacity to make changes like this uh, because literally because she had Alzheimer's and could not make changes like this. So that is what I would tell this person to do. Okay, here, my wife moved out, presumably to file for divorce. What steps should I take to protect myself legally and financially? Now, this is largely a family law question, but from an estate planning uh, standpoint, uh, said she moved out, said she can't live like this. I have to presume she'll file for divorce. We have a home in a trust and our kids are grown. We also have retirement accounts. I would like to protect myself legally and financially. Don't want to precipitate a divorce if that's not my wife's actual intent. What emergency steps should I take? Well, one of the things might very well be to revoke the transfers of community property into the trust. Um, Now, I'm not saying do that because you don't want to trigger a divorce. But I would say you might want to revoke the trust as to your community property share, do a new will that leaves your share of community property to your children, do an advanced health care directive that names someone other than your spouse to make health care decisions for you, do a new financial power of attorney um, naming someone other than your spouse to make financial decisions for you, Uh, you won't be able to transfer your half of anything into, um, into your own trust if you were to set up a trust. If it's community property, you can't do that unilaterally. It would take your spouse's consent. But you can do some protective moves now uh, so it, to at least make sure that your half of property goes to your children should you die before your spouse. Now, if you take that action and revoke the trust as to your share of uh, the community property, um, that might be enough to precipitate a divorce. I'm sitting here as someone who's been through the big D before. I'll tell you that if someone intends to file for divorce, they'll file for divorce. Um, At the same time, you don't want to just kind of stand there and uh, let things roll over you and not do something to protect yourself. So I would tell this person... Go see a family lawyer, find out what your rights are, um, and then go see a local estate planning attorney uh, to see what kinds of things can be done to protect you, at least in the short term. Okay, I set up a living trust, and if in the near future I acquire new assets, such as open another brokerage account, what would be the process to add that brokerage account to my living trust? Well, that's very straightforward. When you open the brokerage account, 
and you fill out the account paperwork, check the boxes that say that you want it owned by your living trust and then provide the living trust information. So you open the account in the name of the trust. You don't open the account and then add it to the trust. Uh, Just open it as the trustee of your trust and that will serve to actually have that asset put in your trust. Uh, So you don't have to take some other step later on after you've opened the account. Um, That would be what my advice would be uh, right there. Okay, I have real estate in a trust. What do I do if I want to sell it later? Uh, Short answer to that is just go ahead and sell it. You can sell it as the trustee of your trust. There's nothing wrong with doing that. In fact, that would be the most common thing to do. You would want to do that because you want to make sure that if it's under contract and going through escrow and something happens to you, meaning you were to die or become incapacitated, that the sale can be completed and the proceeds go into your trust. You would not want to take it out of your trust and then sell it because then you run the risk that you die or become incapacitated during the escrow and that might force some kind of court action to be taken in order to get that property back into your trust. So basically, you would just sell it out of the trust as the trustee of the trust. That's similar to if you acquire a new asset, acquire it in the name of the trust. If you're selling an asset from the trust, sell it as the trustee of the trust. And and that's kind of, uh, that would kind of be what, what to do. Okay, uh, I have a feeling these questions all came from the same person. Now it's, I have real estate. What's the process to change the deed to the name of the trust? Does an attorney help me draft the new deed or can I do that myself? I would suggest having an attorney draw it for you. Um, it's going to be a deed, a transfer deed, probably a grant deed, transferring it from you as an individual to you as trustee of your trust. Uh, you would report on a change of ownership report that there's no reassessment of the property tax because it's a transfer into a trust for the grantor's benefit, you being the grantor, and that is not a change in ownership for purposes of reassessment of the property taxes. But I'd suggest having an attorney draw it for you. Uh, Don't try to do it yourself because it's very easy to make a mistake and you don't want to have an attorney later on having to try and fix the mistake that you may have made in the original transfer because now you're incapacitated or you've died and it's hard to sell the property in the future. Okay, well, we're uh, ending up now the uh, third segment of our show today. When I come back shortly, we'll finish out the show today here on Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman, your host for today and for always. And I'll talk with you after the break. Streaming now now. at KDOW.biz and the Odyssey app. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. It looks like I have one more question, probably from the same person. Uh, It says, my house is still being mortgaged. Would I still be able to retitle it to a living trust? 
okay, my house has a mortgage, would I be able to retitle it to Living Trust? Um, yeah, you should be able to do that with no problem. If it's your personal residence, uh, you have the right to put it into a Living Trust. And uh, I do that all the time. Every year I do that for uh, many, many individuals and couples putting their home into the ownership of a living trust that they just established. Okay, now here, here are two related questions. And it has to do with someone asking the question, um, what are the pros and cons of having a lifetime living trust for my beneficiaries in comparison to leaving them an outright distribution living trust. Let me explain what I think the person's asking. When people set up a trust, they designate beneficiaries for that trust, and the beneficiaries are typically who gets the money and other property when I die. And if it's someone's children, um, there's a couple, three basic choices that people can have. The first one is, hey, if they're old enough, hand it to them. That's an outright distribution. The advantages of an outright distribution trust. Um, easiest one to administer after death. You just pay all the bills and everything, and then here's your share, here's your share, here's your share, and it's done. The disadvantage is, if you have a beneficiary that has a judgment against them, is disabled, is financially incompetent, has a an addiction problem or something like that, an outright distribution can cause a loss of some or all of that inheritance because a creditor might take it or the person might use it to further their addiction or um, or they just may spend it all because they don't know how to handle money. Or if they're incapacitated at the time, it may cause them to lose any government benefits they may have been receiving up to that point, such as SSI for income, Section 8 housing for their living, Medi-Cal for health insurance, or for nursing home care. Any number of things like that could be lost if the inheritance is received directly. Now, what is... Uh, the second kind of common distribution plan is what I call the structured distribution. And a structured distribution, or what I call blowing your inheritance on the installment plan, is basically, well, I'm going to distribute from the trust a certain amount or percentage at a certain age, and then at a later age, another amount or percentage, then maybe at a later age, um, the rest of whatever's left in the trust. I call that blowing the inheritance on the installment plan because if it means that if you have, if a beneficiary has any of those issues that I just raised a minute or so ago, then as each installment is distributed out to them, it's subject to being lost, uh, either by the beneficiary's actions, by the addiction they may have, or by a creditor taking it, or by losing their benefits because they got this distribution. The third alternative is what I call the Castle Trust Planning. I call it the Castle Trust Planning Alternative because it takes the position that instead of doing an outright distribution to a beneficiary at any time, we're going to keep that 
beneficiary's inheritance in a trust for the beneficiary's lifetime. We're going to direct the trustee of the trust, who, by the way, could be the beneficiary if that's okay, if the beneficiary doesn't have issues like I've raised. The beneficiary, or whoever the trustee is, is going to have instructions on how to use that inheritance. To use it for the health needs of the beneficiary. There'll be things like medical procedures, paying for premiums for medical insurance, uh, things like that. For uh, education, things like retraining or getting an advanced degree or finishing college or going to college or trade school, things like that. Or going to a private school if they're uh, still a minor, um, something along those lines. Then maintenance and support. Maintenance and support is things like food, clothing, shelter, recreation, and education. Setting up a proper lifetime trust like this, what I call the castle because of the protection that it has for the inheritance, can mean also that the inheritance can be separated from creditors' claims against the beneficiary, divorcing spouses, malpractice claims against the beneficiary if the beneficiary is in a profession, for example, where they could be sued for malpractice, and uh, a whole host of other benefits that can flow from doing it that way. It's the type of planning I've done for my own daughters because I don't trust the boys that want to marry them someday, and it's the kind of planning I recommend to my clients that have children, even adult children, and especially if they don't really like a son or daughter-in-law or if their child has financial issues. So that's called the Castle Trust Planning Option, which I do regularly in my practice. All right, we're coming up on the end of our show today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been entertained, maybe even amused a little bit. And I hope that if you need help, you consider contacting me. Go to lawbob.com, click on the button, book a call, and you can book a call with me, either a Zoom call, in person, or me calling you on the phone. Until next week, this is Attorney Bob Bergman. Goodbye. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved.